well, I just really needed somebody to just kind of meet me where I was at and not try to make it look like kind of what they thought it should look like. Welcome to Wellness in Color on the Mental Health in Minnesota podcast produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Wellness in Color is a podcast series that explores perspectives on mental health to reshape the cultural language of mental illness. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. Subscribe to the podcast and listen on the NAMI Minnesota website or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is titled Advocacy in Disability, Does Wellness Equal Cure? with guest Bree Zimmerman. Bree Zimmerman is a 29-year-old black, queer, physically disabled woman living in the Twin Cities area. Also an introverted cat mom, Bree is a passionate advocate who works to help create greater accessible spaces for disabled people, including amplifying the voices surrounding disability justice. In her current venture, she is excited to observe and take part in the growing number of conversations about healing practices while exploring different modalities, specifically ones prioritizing the importance of what holistic, collective care and healing can look like for black and brown folks both as a community and as individuals. Efforts related to Wellness in Color episodes were supported by the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences of the National Institutes of Health Award Number UL1-TR002494. The content is solely the responsibility of the authors and does not necessarily represent the official views of the National Institutes of Health. And now, here is your host, Maritza Steele, a volunteer member of the NAMI Minnesota Multicultural Youth Advisory Board. Hi, good day, everyone, and welcome, Bree, to Wellness and Color. Hi. I wanted to first ask you, very broadly, what does healthy mean to you? Well, healthy is kind of a complicated question um, for me, uh, but it mostly means having more tools and support to ask for what I need and um, have it be kind of received, I guess, by my community and people around me. Um, it's kind of been a balancing act. Uh, I also have had chronic illness stuff since I've been young. So for me, um, healthy and support has been more of those like factors for me versus an actual concept or, um, you know, I think healthy can be such a broad, like you said, term. Mm -hmm. So for me, it just doesn't look like everybody else's, but, um, yeah. That's kind of why I ask, you know, healthy might look different from one person to another. So mm -hmm. just wanted to get a general picture of what it means to you. Um, just going off of your background. Mm -hmm. um, what kinds of tools or resources were you using uh, growing up uh, with chronic illness or even now? How has that evolved over time? And uh who do you turn to or what do you use? How has that changed? Um, so when I was younger, I had definitely been in therapy a couple of times um, as like a resource, but that wasn't always the best for me. I like a lot of white therapists that just didn't seem to get sort of the in intersections of, um, you know, being a black woman, dealing with an illness and also disability and like what that meant, um, just living in the like, society and like the systems so I felt like I didn't actually get clear diagnoses or have my symptoms of like my mental health 
acknowledge till probably like high school age um and kind of stopped going to therapy for a while but then have returned to therapy just in this last year um so therapy's been a big one for me um like friend support um and i actually have to sometimes use things like pcas um or care workers that help me um as far as just like tasks that i need to do that might not be able to like physically do at all myself Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been a combination of those things. This might sound kind of odd, but mm-hmm. congratulations on coming back to therapy. <laughs> Thank it you. sounded like it did help you at some points, and yeah. maybe in returning to that, uh, can you can uh, continue to work towards, you know, I guess redefining or reshaping healthy um, for yourself. Yeah. Um, just a quick question on. Uh, getting a diagnosis in high school mm-hmm. was there something different that led to that diagnosis did you see a different person mm-hmm. was the approach different um no I don't think I saw I didn't see a different person um I think my symptoms had just gotten that severe mm-hmm. that um it was like clearly there was something wrong um or something that was like more than just kind of what like kind of they were minimizing I think for a long time and then finally in high school it got to a point where um it was you know pretty severe depression episodes and um there was points where I was you know self-harming and it was just really like I you know was like uh something's going on like I need more support um and so I think that just finally got to the point where it was acknowledged I don't think it'd been like a build for me and um then they finally kind of were like I don't know I think it had always been there just finally like needed to be acknowledged with the symptom progression I guess okay thank you for sharing that yeah so acknowledgement being a big piece in Mm -hmm. you know getting a diagnosis uh getting I guess better treatment after mm-hmm. receiving a more I guess structured label so to say mm-hmm. um, I guess in addition to just acknowledgement and not minimizing the experiences uh, of people of color of people who have intersecting identities and uh, the challenges that come alongside that mm-hmm. um, how do you think that mental health services or healing services in general can be improved for people of color, for people with uh, different challenges? Um, yeah, I mean, I think therapists that also have like some tra- training in like, you know, like systemic influences and what that looks like. Because mm-hmm. um, I think even if we ourselves are able to find, you know, maybe tools and support. There's still so much going on just like systemically with like the systems we're trying to navigate that um, that's such an important piece to have when you're working with someone because if you don't have that piece, it's kind of like you're missing a huge chunk of, you know, what they're going through on a daily basis in the work environment. And that's not necessarily something that will change overnight. Um, so I think that piece is really important and, um, just acknowledging, um, sometimes it takes a minute to find the right therapist. I know for me it did too, or to find the right combination of resources. 
Um, I know there's like so much now with like holistic wellness and different approaches mm. there. Um, so that it can be a combination of stuff and you can kind of create your own thing. And like, I think different pulling in different practitioners, if you can, um, that maybe have different expertise can help too. Going off of that, <laughs> uh, from, uh, your different trainings, like learning about holistic practices and your experience, both as someone who has uh, sought different avenues for um, working on your health and wellness. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see as barriers for um, cultural populations, uh, people with disability, um, mm -hmm. queer people um, from seeking help for their mental health? Well, some of it's just like actual physical accessibility too, or like people not having, like, ex like if you have a physical disability, like if you, you maybe can't get to the therapist's office. I know some therapists that do like phone, like options or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I would say everything from like a physical, um, like physically getting there, but also. Um, I mean, again, just the, like, for Minnesota, especially, um, there's not always, you know, people that look like you. There's, like, a lot of white people and white therapists, and that can sometimes, I think, make people have a harder time with seeking help um, or seeking supports. Um, and just the conversation, I think it's still taboo within our own communities to talk about it. Yeah, for um, sure. And to really be open about, whether it's like things you you know were going through growing up or currently, um, and how hard it is and how much of it does affect you, um, I think like as a black woman too, it's like we get stereotyped, and so there's a lot of stuff around being strong and you know having it together, and so sometimes it's like even the people close to us, it can be like hard to say like, no, this isn't just like I can push through or. Um, you know, the other types of like phrases people kind of will just throw on people when they maybe are trying to hint at that they're struggling. Mm. So I think that's a big one too. Yeah. Mm. So both, there there was a lot of, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say both, but there aren't like really two things from there that I can say are just broad issues there mm -hmm. with intersections. There are just a lot of layers that can contribute in various ways um, mm -hmm. to the barriers of uh, reaching the, I guess, most effective mm -hmm. method for someone to uh, reach wellness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to backtrack a little bit <laughs> and ask uh, if you can talk about what specifically a disability or chronic illness means. Mm -hmm. I know you have your own individual struggles, so yeah. I'm not trying to get you to define it for every single person, but right. just very broadly um, to help other people understand a little bit. Yeah, so for me, um, I was diagnosed with lupus, which is an autoimmune disease, um, at a really young age, and so... Um, to me, that's like a chronic condition that I've had chronic pain and a lot of different other health 
things that stem from that. Um, and then they also have a physical disability that was contributed like from the lupus from the waist down. So I use like walking crutches. I use a wheelchair for long distances. Um, and so there's, you know, like the very physical aspect. Of course, like you said, disability can be really broad and mean a lot of things. Um, but my personal experience has been a lot of like the physical disability aspect. Mm. So again, going back to intersections, mm-hmm. there's the physical disability component and then the more like invisible disability component mm-hmm. and then the way that they you know affect each other yeah um in both seeking help and just continuing on a wellness journey mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they definitely kind of play off of each other because um like for me if i'm having a flare that's affecting my health you know with the lupus or pain Mm -hmm. um that then affects my mental because it affects me you know being able to do anything sometimes it's like you can't physically get out of bed because you're in pain so it's like then that kind of full play into like of my depression or you know sometimes being in public with physical limitations for me you know my game amps up my anxiety so it's like there's kind of this mixture that happens where um for me at least they you know one can kind of like play off the other and they kind of can go back and forth it's like this dance it's like a lot to deal with but um Mm -hmm. i think that's an important part to acknowledge because i know also a lot of people that maybe are dealing with one aspect like maybe having some health stuff and then you know, maybe they don't start to address the mental piece that comes with that till later because there's a significant amount of change, grief, like things that happen around just abilities shifting that um, I know, like just with conversations with other people, it's like, I wish this was sort of something that like either my doctor would be more aware of or um, just people around you that it's a big change to adjust at any stage yeah um how do you adjust how do you navigate i guess um entering spaces Mm -hmm. and involving yourself in those conversations i know you Mm -hmm. do advocacy work and accessibility work how Mm -hmm. do you uh enter those spaces and really assert yourself Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it varies, like, I think just taking opportunities, even just things that, like, I might post online or things that, like, talk about in community spaces, um, of just bringing that piece to the table, because I think sometimes it's easy to, uh, you know, if you're not experiencing, like, the physical disability part of it, like maybe forget or not understand like how that's you know playing a role so i think just Mm -hmm. using my own experiences to whether it's educate or just like you know in the spaces be like hey are we thinking about accessibility of like other people that might want to be in this space but maybe need different you know information about the space to be in it um in a lot of different ways so i think just yeah bringing some of those pieces that might be left out like i mentioned whether it's accessibility or um i think even just like talking about it like i've had 
people like if you just are kind of like more open about it then i've had other people approach me and be like oh i am actually dealing with this health thing and it's blah 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 Mm -hmm. so even if it's just kind of sharing your story or talking about something that like maybe you're going through currently um i think those can be um yeah just important and i've kind of got to a point too where i've sort of politicized my disability identity too like just there's just like so much that comes with being disabled and what that means Mm -hmm. and a lot of other people in spaces online that i found do the same thing so it's even just looking at that as far as like work opportunities and like all these things people just sometimes don't know um so that's part of it too of just like finding other people and then continuing to be like bringing the information <laughs> to like broader spaces yeah so people are like oh i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> um what kind of language or phrases like what words do you use when you're having these conversations with people uh in describing either your mental uh illness and journey Mm-hmm. your physical disability and journey with that how do you mm-hmm. i guess speak about these mm-hmm. things yeah so words or phrases um let's see well yeah disability is a big one accessibility is a big one um mental health through me i mainly use you know like anxiety and pressure, depression for me are like the biggest ones mm-hmm. um and sort of, I know like a lot of people can, you know, like use those words, but I try to be more specific and maybe what that looks like for me, because I know that can look different for so many people um, of how it shows up. So um, within, you know, disabled faces, there's sometimes really specific conversations about like, what does it look like for you when this happens or when you're experiencing this? Um, so... I think, yeah, like maybe the more detailed you can be um, about what what something looks like. So for me, um, if I'm like in a space, maybe, you know, trying to name like how anxiety shows up for me or how depression shows up for me mm-hmm. um, or just within my like close circles. Are there any words that you would absolutely not use? Yeah, there's a lot of words that I would absolutely not use. Um, I mean, I know like in the like crazy is a big one that I don't use. I know a lot of people, um, there's, you know, negative connotation with like anything that's kind of used to either like minimize. Um, I know some people use the word crazy and like reclaim it. Um, but I don't really use words like crazy or anything that has in the like connotation with maybe like um learning disability or like mm-hmm. even like stupid can be like a phrase that some people are like uh um so yeah those are words i don't use you know disab- i some people use the word differently abled i like prefer disabled for because mm-hmm. for me that's like an important part of like no i'm like actually disabled there's things i can't do um but again, some of this is very like personal for people. So yeah. like this is just me speaking for myself and things I've like talked to other people about or learned, not just um like 
like it, there's a lot of like reclaiming certain words and things happening now but um yeah anything that could be used to like be harmful or minimizing certain things like that what are your wellness goals um well i feel like i finally like found a good therapist that's a good fit which is like oh that's awesome so amazing <laughs> yeah so i definitely plan to continue with therapy um i feel like it's just been so helpful this time around like it makes such a big difference when you're like oh this is what it should feel like to have a therapist that's a fit and is thinking of you as like a whole person and all of your um different things so continue with therapy um and like i mentioned in the beginning it's me just getting better too about asking for what i need or um those things in terms of support too because i feel like it can be so hard to just like ask for help sometimes so that's always kind of on my like list of things i'm working on is just to kind of continuing conversations even when it's hard of if i'm going through a rough spot because one of my tendencies too is to self-isolate so it's like yeah. to ask for help or maybe ask a friend of like things aren't feeling so great right now could you check in on me could you like could we maybe do this like specific activity that might you know like i don't know if i'll be able to like be that um you know talkative or involved but it would just be nice to like have somebody around or whatever that looks like for me <clears throat> um that's a big goal of mine to just continue like what are my needs when things happen because i also don't feel like um my wellness goal is like necessarily cure or that i like won't have to deal with some of these things because especially around like chronic illness and like my disability is something that won't get better quote unquote um so there's always going to be stuff i have to navigate so it's kind of just learning like skills and tools around that to be like okay well if this happens how do i support myself okay so wellness doesn't necessarily mean that there is a cure um you have a chronic condition you know mm -hmm. that there are going to be uh, challenges that come alongside that but mm -hmm. really for you and you can correct me if I'm wrong yeah. um, building the tool set the skill set necessary to take care of yourself or seek the help that you need uh, mm -hmm. at given times is what wellness looks like yeah um, yeah it looks like that and it just yeah for me it just the more um the more i can kind of be like i said open about my needs the more i feel like that feels like wellness in the sense of like care because for mm -hmm. me sometimes it just like sometimes you just need more care or you need a certain amount of you know something different than maybe what you would need in different times like i think that's true for a lot of people so um yeah, for me, I would say wellness isn't necessarily going to look like cure, you know, but it's going to look like, you know, finding care. different care supports and different tools, whether it's community or like, you know, things like therapy or whatever that looks like for me, um, like some of the things we've talked about in this conversation. But yeah, I would say that's a big, a big part of why, what I've had to kind of accept is that 
um, some of the conversations are about like cure or like it no longer maybe being a thing. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I'm like, okay, well that doesn't, that might not be true. Like it could be for some people or it could be for me. Who knows in the future what, you know, will come. Yeah. But um, that's not like my immediate goal because I think sometimes that can almost feel more detrimental to me to work towards something that like I don't know if this is going to be tangible in my lifetime and I know that's true for a lot of people um that that's just like not what it's going to look like but there's lots of other ways that we could like take care of each other and, and like have those conversations um that help so it is like you feel more like you can have healing and um feel empowered yeah right like not just like i'm out here just like on my own because that can feel like so true for so many um people dealing with you know physical health mental health disability so it's um i think yeah just really having that aspect of empowerment behind here are things that work for me um and those might change but like those for me it felt really important just finding things that are like oh this does help (laughs) how do you when you need that extra care how do you motivate yourself or prepare yourself or get yourself ready to ask for that additional care Mm. how has that changed over time um well, I used to just kind of not ask for help. Like, I would just kind of try to, you know, power through it or just self-isolate and then kind of, like, pop up again. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling, you know, better, like, better or, like, compared to that whatever, time, yeah. yeah. Um, which, but then it's kind of, like, you know, you kind of, like, cut people off from, like, kind of maybe knowing what you're really going through. Um, so I think, for me, it's, you know, sometimes I'll, like, write out, like, maybe, like, feelings I'm having and, like, what could help with that. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I'm feeling really, like, alone or, like, isolated. And sometimes it's kind of, like, well, what would help that? Would it look like hanging out with somebody or would it look like just reaching out? And then, um, or would it look like maybe trying to go to an event if I can? Um, and then it's kind of just a lot of practice like whether it's like writing out something like sometimes I'll just write out like a script type of thing of like what that care need is um or sometimes it's just practicing um like yeah like what the feeling is that like you kind of would want you know, mm-hmm. care around, and then like what the action would be behind that if you're able to do that. Or sometimes it just looks like calling a friend on the phone and being like, "Here's the feeling," <laughs> you know. Of course, with like <laughs> consent and boundaries in mind, because not everybody can, you know, like show up for you all the time. People have their own stuff, so I think just really having those conversations too with people of yeah. like what it is, and then feeling like if you can break it down sometimes that helps rather than just like you know overarching because that can just feel so overwhelming so I think 
if I can break it down, that helps. So not not minimizing it, of course, just mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. What does that look like? Um, yeah. Making it, how do you explain it? Yeah. In a more, I guess, maybe simplified way? Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes, you know, like if you're just like, oh, I'm feeling really anxious or something. And then like if you tell a friend that and they're kind of like, okay, but like not really sure what for you would be something that would be helpful. Or what even anxious looks like for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. As a yeah. person who is not mm-hmm. them, I guess. Right. Going back to therapy mm-hmm. and you talking about a good fit, mm-hmm. it's a very individual thing. Yeah. Uh, what, I guess, generally speaking, like, is a good fit for you? For me? Um, well, I just really needed somebody to just kind of meet me where I was at. Um, mm, that's a big one. Yeah, and not try to um yeah like make kind of what we were just talking about like make my wellness or make my you know whatever you call it like process your journey <laughs> my journey process, yeah, all those words a bunch of different words <laughs> yeah <laughs> to make it look like kind of what they thought it should look like and to like leave room for mm-hmm. um like this might not look like you know this or even certain times of the year like for me winter is incredibly hard to get around and get Mm. out in the community because of like snow and ice and like wheelchairs and like it's just really a mess so like for me like sometimes it wouldn't necessarily be like oh um she you know was able to go to more events or something like that because there's like a chunk of time where there's like real barriers for me and so her just being able to like understand that um, like sometimes people kind of can just like jump 10 steps ahead of like what they are like, this is what it should look like. And, um, sometimes it's not like that won't work for where the person's at. Um, and so, yeah, meeting someone, meeting me where is that and just being able to hold like the different identities, um, cause like having that systemic view that I talked about and just mm-hmm. things going on in the world right now. And, like, being able to bring that in the room and have it be, like, validated and, like, seen and not necessarily trying to fix because they think sometimes they just really need to talk about what's happening or, like, my fears or, like, um, you know, all the things. And just having that be, like, listened to could be, is, like, such a healing thing. And then, um, for me, it's also, you know, led to her getting to know me and then us being able to work on things and finding something that works for me. Uh, But that was like where it kind of had to start for me was just feeling like I could say what I wanted to say in the room without it being like, I'm just trying to like quote unquote fix you. Yeah. Cause that's not a good feeling to feel like you're in a space where you're just like, you know, to like, like an object kind of that needs to be worked on and fixed yeah or that there's like something wrong with you if you like struggling it's like no and just like need space to like help um like whether it's unpack or whatever the words to use there's so many like but like i just need space to be able to like you know talk about this and like work on things but i don't want to feel like there's like an end 
goal of like being fixed or like oh well i'll like your butter like you're never gonna have these things come up again because it's like i don't think that's realistic for a lot of people mm-hmm. one of the things that i was thinking about while you were you know sharing mm-hmm. that piece um was uh, when conversations or experiences uh feel like there are shoulds Mm -hmm. or I guess more broadly speaking rules to how things should go. Mm -hmm. Um, It really makes it more challenging Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not being met and there are certain things that, you know, a therapist or a healer, someone who you're working with feel like you should be at different spots in your progress Mm -hmm. definitely very challenging yeah and that i think that can also go back to you know people maybe not understanding or having that um of like what kind of chronic can mean too because i think sometimes Mm -hmm. people have a hard time just being (laughs) being with that word um like when you say you have a chronic condition or like you know like that's sort of just like a space that you like a therapist for me would need to be able to hold um and that you know is kind of a tough thing to find sometimes so we talked a little bit before about what holistic collective care and healing can look like for black and brown folks mm-hmm. or at least a little bit yeah, um, a little bit in your introduction mm-hmm. ideally what would that appear as? Um, yeah, I think, well, like I've talked a little bit about like a community type care approach, like focusing mm-hmm. on, um, yeah, sort of like care needs or like what things like look like for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think a lot about um, just a lot of like the different holistic modalities and like wellness practices. So for some people that could look like, yoga, meditation, um, breath work, like how do we like encompass a lot of different things into like things that could potentially be like tools or helpful for people. Um, and I think there's, you know, like for black and brown folks, it's, there's so much, you know, trauma that's happening, um, like continuously with like the systems. And I think that, um, any of those, you know, like practices that can also focus on like the, like the communities. Um, I think that would be like huge for a lot of folks. So just having access and being able to like try different things, um, that like for me, I've tried like also somatics, which is like a type of body work that I've had done. And that's also been really helpful. Um, and so I think just, yeah, like broadening that idea um, and like bringing more of those conversations in. Um, like I know there's some spaces that are like moving into, you know, doing more work focused on people of color or um, like within like a healing justice type of lens. And I think that that's really cool and important to kind of start looking at those things of like um hear stuff like individually maybe someone's going through and then like as a community 
what's happening and then looking at ways to like bring in like different things you know what that can look like so yeah so just maybe clarifying when Mm -hmm. you say holistic you really mean a bunch there are a bunch of different avenues for approaching this wellness thing and it doesn't necessarily only look like uh therapy with a therapist yeah Um, yep going back to our previous conversation sometimes you know if you don't have the right fit yeah it can be a little bit more harmful than good exactly yeah i think there's i know like a lot of people that have had like harmful experiences with therapists with just you know encountering like maybe just like this like what i was talking about before like if they can't meet you where you're at it can be really like oh my gosh you know like you can be more like hurtful than helpful sometimes but then if you you know i encourage people to keep searching for that if you mm-hmm. really are like no because therapy can be really powerful and great so it's like if you've had maybe like a couple of bad therapists and you have the access it's like continue that search because i think it's so worth finding the right fit but i also you know that there's lots of approaches and like holistic for me also just means like as a whole like person approach too like it can embody like mental emotional physical um sort of a whole person view of cultural yeah all of it the intersections just yeah, everything intersectional yeah, <laughs> yeah all approach, the words kind of yeah because they don't feel like when it comes to like healing wellness you know that parts of your identity should be like left out you know mm-hmm. as um, you're healing the whole yeah exactly so holistic for me means healing kind of of the whole um person and um and again like healing doesn't necessarily mean cure it can just mean like a space to finally like unpack stuff or really like be seen or maybe be more vulnerable but um yeah like you know having like a body work type of thing done like that can maybe be something that helps you tap in more emotionally or mentally to stuff maybe going on that you didn't know Mm -hmm. um it's really interesting to like learn about different approaches and a lot of the practices um are from communities of color originally like there's a lot of history there so kind of revisiting that is i think really a big aspect that we could bring back so going forward what do you think you will be doing in your ventures um having disability and advocating what do you anticipate doing in the next amount of time yeah some <laughs> of time. um well i mean a lot of like you mean like in the community and stuff like that in the community in for yourself in general yeah i mean i always kind of to me it just like I'm very it's really important I think to me to continue to talk about like the connections between disability chronic illness and like all these things intersecting Mm -hmm. um so yeah just continuing that um in whether you know like organizing spaces because the queer community too it's like there's so much organizing going on all the time so I feel like there's 
um, room for more, um, to keep doing better with that around accessibility or around, um, those types of things. So yeah, more accessibility, um, work and, um, I'm also did a couple of trainings around like energy work myself. So I was kind of curious about what that could look like for me as like a disabled, you know, queer, um, black woman with like chronic illness of, cause I see a body worker that's also black that I've gone to. And it's just so helpful to like have somebody in the spaces that, you know, like looks like you. And, um, so I'm kind of starting to explore what that avenue could look like with wanting to do kind of the same thing of just like holding space for people and mm-hmm. looking at these different like areas. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that will become just something that I'll do sometimes or like how big of a thing that will be, but I'm starting to venture into that. Yeah. Yeah. Creating spaces for people to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. work on their wellness, mm-hmm. feel listened to. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much, Bree. Thanks. For additional resources related to this episode, please check the podcast show notes and visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. You've been listening to Wellness in Color on the Mental Health in Minnesota podcast produced by NAMI Minnesota.